Hey, this is Erin. And Melissa. And we're with Trending Spokane, a weekly podcast all about the latest in the Lilac City. Finding out what is happening right now in Spokane can be overwhelming, but not if you're an insider. Join us as we shine light onto the latest happenings and chat about the future of our city. Each episode will introduce you to people you want to know, places you need to visit, and local knowledge you can't live without. We'll help you to get out and get involved. Episodes are dropping soon, so make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast now. Welcome to Trending Spokane with Aaron Peterson and Melissa Berry. Before we begin to chat with today's guest, Brooke Martinez, let's quickly go over the fast five, five things you need to know about what's going on in Spokane. And this is always a fun little segment where we get to talk about what's happening around the city and the very most important piece of news that we got this week, and this won't air for a little bit, but we are allowed to stay in phase three instead of moving back to phase two. And that decision has just come down yesterday. We are so thankful um, that businesses are going to be able to continue to figure out how to stay open. We do have to make some changes, but how excited are you that we get to stay in phase three and not I'm go back? I'm extremely excited. I was so nervous that we were going to go backwards and just dreading it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It was really good. Well, because a lot of places were going to open relatively soon. A couple of, like Nita Burrito, I think they said. Yeah, that yes. was the one. That was yeah. the one that I was worried about. Yeah. You and me both. Oh, man. And Patty's Lemon Drops at Baby Bar right behind there. Yes. Yeah, that would not have been fun. So super exciting that we get to stay in phase three and, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully everything keeps going well and we get to move on. Is there phase four? I actually have no idea. That's a good question. I would think so because that's more open. But yeah, or maybe I it's just like fully need, open. Yeah, I yeah. think we're fully open. But I feel like I need to look at that list now and create a new goal. Yeah, right? yeah, a new aspiration yeah. to shoot for. <laughs> we can hope. Well, speaking of the area in general, um, uh, Coeur d'Alene was named the hottest housing market of, I guess, 2020. Um, and so, yeah, that's pretty crazy. And I think Spokane was up there, too, the number three. Yeah, no. they were right up there. And it was from yeah. the Wall Street Journal. Uh, reporting that the median sales price in Coeur d'Alene rose in March to $476,900, which is an increase of 47% from one year earlier. The hottest market in the United States. And we were just talking a minute ago, thinking that we would eventually move. But how has that impacted your plans to get a different house? Um, Pretty big. I mean, my dream is to have a shop space in the back, you know, instead of working out of my garage, which is what I do now. Um, so we haven't parked in our garage in quite a few years, which of course in the winter is not fun. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much impossible to move right now. Yeah. And that is amazing that you do all of this out of your garage. I had no idea as long as I'd been following you. That's incredible. (laughs) But yeah, I'm, I'm not going anywhere for a while either. And, you know, we wanted to get a slightly bigger house or something different, but you know, we really do love our neighborhood. So I guess we'll just settle in and be grateful that we bought a little bit earlier. That's how I feel as well. I'm just grateful to have a home and have it be affordable. Yeah. Yeah. We bought last year and we just kind of were like, hurry, grab it, you know, Mm -hmm. grab it while you can. And so, yeah, now I feel really grateful because the prices just keep going up and up. And I'm like, wow, we thought we were buying at a really high price point, but apparently not. So, Yeah. yeah, you jumped in just in time, I think. And speaking of, you know, happenings that are going on right as we speak, The downtown stadium has just been approved by the Spokane Public Schools Board, and we had a special meeting on Wednesday night where they found more than enough reasons to approve the construction of this $31 million sports stadium in the downtown area. 
Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting, too, because they said during this meeting uh, the other day that two-thirds of Spokane voters had voted to keep the stadium where Albie is. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting that they made a decision, okay, we're going to move it down, even though, you know, 66% of us, I guess, voted to Hmm. keep it at Albie. But... They said mm-hmm. it's not, I guess the Civic Theater said that they support this. I think they got mm-hmm. some concessions to say they were going to try to do something to the theater oh, to make wow. it quieter. So mm. they told them they'll do that. And so that's good. We'll see. Yeah. 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 Have you ever been to Civic or anything nearby that area? I haven't really. Yeah. yeah. That's a fun little theater. And I think so few people in Spokane are even aware that not only do they do live theater, but they also have live music. Mm. And my husband is a professional musician in addition to the other things that he does. And plays at Civic regularly. And there's a hole in the bottom of the stage where you can literally peer down and see the musicians down below. You'd have no idea and think that wow. it was just a track. But, yeah, it's it's super important for Spokane to have, you know, live theater continue to be thriving and doing well for our art scene. And um, there are lots of youth performances that happen there and opportunities for, you know, young and high school aged kids to be able to explore the love of drama and theater. So, we definitely want to make sure that they're taken care of. So I'm glad to hear that they helped out Civic. Yeah, yeah that's great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then to pivot just a little bit, we're going to talk about food because that is <laughs> our favorite thing. Um, the day after this goes live is International Hummus Day. Oh. And so I have to know, I'm a huge hum- hummus like connoisseur. I just like love hummus. I seek it out. So I have got to know from you and you, Erin. Mm. <laughs> I think you know Wait, my answer. Do you have a favorite hummus here in Spokane from a restaurant? Um, not from a restaurant, but from Trader Joe's. Oh, they're prepackaged. Yeah, they're Mediterranean one. It's got pine nuts on the top and yes. a bunch of oil. Um, and then they have an olive one that's really Ooh, delicious. Okay. Ooh, like an olive tepanade. Yeah, top. I've seen that. Yeah, one. yeah. It's, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Theirs is my favorite if I'm having it at home and don't feel like making it. It's always rock solid and it has that creamy, velvety texture yeah. that I'm looking for. You know, I can get real weird about food. Yeah. It's kind of my thing. So in Spokane, my favorite is. Far and away, Baba. They have the most creamy consistency. Um, the oil that they use is really high quality to drizzle on top. It was phenomenal. And they make their pita in-house as mm-hmm. well. So, oh, gosh, it's making me so hungry right now. Yeah, we should have had that as a snack. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah. Baba needs to be something that we bring regularly to the studio, don't you? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. every time just yeah. one of us has to bring Baba in. <laughs> I would actually agree with you 100%, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. I've tried a lot around here now. Baba, really tasty. It has just, like, a really good flavor. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And a little bit of a tang. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. into it. I could eat there every single day, seriously. Oh, don't they have like a preserved lemon compote or something on it too that makes mm-hmm. it they like – They do. I mm-hmm. remember seeing a lemon and I was like, I'm sure there's a lemon element to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It Yum. was really good. It's great. Oh, man. And speaking of food because we can't get enough apparently, <laughs> Tavolata is coming to Spokane and – we cannot wait. Um, I think they're already open, actually. Yeah. But we're going to a media event this next week. And it's by Chef Ethan Stoll, who grew up in Seattle and is a self-taught chef. Uh, phenomenal. Phenomenal chef. We're very lucky to have this restaurant come to Spokane. They have another location in Seattle. Um, and he was named one of Food & Wine's Best New Chefs in America in 2008 and has been nominated for more James Beard Awards than he cares to remember, which is really <laughs> sweet. He's very humble um, and is a new addition to the city with our food scene. I think there's growing attention on what's happening with Spokane food because you know our population base is exploding, like we talked about being very popular. Mm-hmm. And 
there's this culture for food that is really strong in our city. What is your favorite restaurant to go to right now? My favorite restaurant is TT's Barbecue. Oh, yes. An amazing thing. Yes. So I was actually a vegetarian for almost 13 years oh, wow. until my last pregnancy and just started craving meat and went for it. And so that's become my my go-to. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. I would never have guessed. And TT's is Phenomenal. Oh, so have good. you been for any of the vegetarian stuff or no? Yeah, not yet. But my husband really <laughs> wants to go. I'm a vegetarian. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my husband really wants to go, and I keep being like, "Okay, I'll take you." Don't they? Doesn't he have to do it like has a macaroni? Yeah, they, they have. Yeah, and coleslaw is great. Ooh, yeah, yeah, and their cornbread is mm-hmm. great. Ooh, yeah. Yum. Their banana pudding, though, oh. weirdly, is like my favorite. It's good. I think it's just the little kid in me that loves it so much. <laughs> but with vanilla wafers, like everything. Oh, man, it's delicious. And their sauces are great. So if you wanted okay, to do to go. some jackfruit yeah. or yeah. something, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. But I'm really excited about Tavolata, too. Mm-hmm. Like, we have a lot of good food now here. Mm-hmm. And this one's mm-hmm. going to be within walking distance to Riverfront Park. So nice. you kind of run around there and then, you know, go inside or maybe go inside and then run around outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. Or even <laughs> have, like, a picnic under the pavilion and take some stuff to go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're to go, amazing. too. Yeah. yeah. And we want to thank Peace Pie Pizzeria for sponsoring the podcast today. They have an amazing new sandwich menu that you have to check out from meatball subs to an Italian sandwich. It's phenomenal. And of course, their signature pizzas and calzones. So if you haven't had a chance to pop by the Serenette Commons building, you definitely need to check out Peace Pie and please tell them that we sent you and they'll give you a knowing little smile and wink. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're going to start our conversation with Brooke Martinez. She is an absolute inspiration whose work is in crazy high demand. If you've been gifted or been able to purchase pottery from Brooke, consider yourself very, very, very lucky. Seriously, it's like camping out for Comic-Con tickets to get (laughs) one of her pieces of pottery. I am a huge fan and have been in love with the ceramic work that you've done for quite a while. And we are really grateful that you took the time to be with us here today, even though you have this sweet new little addition at home. And as someone who absolutely loves Brooke creative, beautiful, and durable ceramics, I can't wait to talk about how she got started in pottery, where she found her passion, and the name behind her company, which I actually have been dying to know, 2232 Ceramics and more. Yeah. And so just to say first, congratulations on your new baby. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. And it's nice to get out of the house and (laughs) have some time away from the baby as sweet as she is. Absolutely. (laughs) I empathize. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for those who don't actually know you, which it would be crazy, but there are some people new to Spokane who don't know you. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your passion for pottery? Yeah, so a little bit about myself. Um, I grew up in Spokane, um, went to school, um, graduated from Central Valley High School, and then right after high school, moved to California for college um, and lived in L.A. for about 10 years and then moved back to Spokane um, almost six years ago. So it's um, been interesting seeing the city change and grow to what it is today with all of the new people coming to town. Um and a little bit about myself. Well, I guess I'm just a creative, a mom, um, got two little kiddos at home. And yeah, I just pretty much spend all of my time thinking about pottery, making pottery, or playing with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
That's a lot like us in that we spend all of our time thinking about Spokane, Mm -hmm. talking about Spokane, stuff in Spokane. (laughs) And the people that live and work here. And I actually live really close to Central Valley High School, and my boys will be bears. So, yeah, it's got some great programs. And I'm sure that access to the arts was an important part of, you know, your high school experience. Did you have any art classes in high school there? I did. Yeah, I took pottery um, in high school. Mm -hmm. I didn't love it back then, I don't think. It didn't really leave an impression on me. Um, I took a lot of drawing classes and jewelry making actually was a class that I really liked. And I took all Mm -hmm. of the years that I was there. Um, But I really got into pottery because my grandmother was a potter. That is so sweet. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, we spent a lot of time with her making pinch pots and just small little projects out of like clay coils and things like that. Um, And then I really, once I graduated high school and went to college, um, didn't think about pottery for a lot of years. Um, My schooling was in apparel manufacturing and management, so it was a creative field, but I was on the computer a lot. So doing a lot of graphic design and just sitting behind the computer all day long. So um, I decided I needed to find a hobby where I could use my hands. And this is when I moved back to Spokane. So I took a pottery class and um, just fell in love with it. And from there, I just slowly started building a studio in my garage, um, bought a wheel, acquired a kiln from a family member, and then, you know, just fit it in when I could um, between my real job and weekends and things like that. So what is your real job? And are you still working full time and doing pottery at the same time or? No. So my real, my real job yeah. was, um, <laughs> I was doing um, product development for an accessories company. Oh. Um, and this company was based in LA. But when I moved to Spokane, I was able to keep that job. Um, but I started pottery as the side hustle and it eventually grew to be large enough where I didn't need to have the other job. So I've been doing pottery full time for over two years now. Oh, that's so amazing. That is the dream to yeah. be able to find something that you really love. And especially when you're in that digital world so much to be able to get out and use your hands and do something creative and mm-hmm. really fulfill that artistic, you know, need in your heart too. Yeah. With what you're doing and be with your kids. Wow. That's, yeah. That's it powerful. really has been a dream. And when I first um, started with the hobby, I, you know, it was a dream like, mm-hmm. oh, it'd be so great to be able to do this full time someday. And yeah. so that it actually happened has been pretty amazing. Yeah. And in only two years, too. I mean, that's a big deal. So you were making yeah. these, and then you started selling them. And then, I mean, it kind of just took off in two years. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would yeah. say I've been doing pottery for probably four to five years, right. but two years full time. So yeah. building it slowly in the side hustle for that first couple of years. Okay. And then, yeah, I just had some really good opportunities with Etsy and local businesses that wanted to carry my work. Um, so the following just really grew pretty naturally, and it's been great. Wasn't it from here that carried your work for mm-hmm. a while? And yeah, I think that was where I bought my first ever ceramic piece from you. Oh, and really? it was, yeah, it was a gray mug that said hope on it. And I actually bought it because I was going through um, a tumor diagnosis and it was really scary. And we had this moment where we were told like, you know, three to six months is what you wow. have. And I went, whoa, I have young kids. And it's, it's kind of this, you know, random connection, but 
I needed something that I used every day that would consistently remind me to have a positive outlook. And it continues to be really special to me. I did chip it a little bit because I was a little bit aggressive when I use it every day. But um, <laughs> it is one of my most treasured possessions. So that is something that's so funny to me that if you have something that you use every day that's really beautiful and you love it, it can change your outlook. Um, and speaking of your business, what is the secret to get your hands on a design of yours? I know you have a couple of tips because it used to be as easy as just picking it up on a store shelf, but mm-hmm. now it's not that easy anymore. <laughs> so go ahead and share with us. Sure. Um, well, unfortunately, when the pandemic started, a lot of retail stores closed or were closed temporarily. So at that point, I really stopped selling wholesale to all the local businesses. So that's when it became... Um, you know, not possible to buy in person in Spokane anymore. Or actually, I used to sell um, to retail stores in California and on the East Coast too. So I was doing a lot of wholesale at that time. Um, And then, you know, the pandemic started. So I just had to take everything online, which actually helped my business grow even further. Mm -hmm. So now I just do small batches um, that are released at a certain date and time. And the the main trick is just fast fingers. <laughs> you definitely need some good Wi-Fi to yep. get a deal on one of her pottery pieces. Yeah. And I also, if you're following on Instagram, I always post photos of what's going to be available in the sale in my stories. So it's really helpful to shop in the stories and decide which piece you want to go for first. Um, that way, when they're live, you just are going straight to that piece <laughs> and not spending time browsing and and then losing out. So yeah, and don't try to put multiple pieces in your cart. It will just yeah. make you sad. I have learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah, I've seen. Uh, I feel like I only really started like to really get to know your your pottery and everything, your mugs from when you started doing these like quick sales. Because mm-hmm. I was, you're like, oh, okay, go to your stories, and I was like, I've already missed the stories. I think I'm behind. <laughs> so by then, it's probably gone. So like, if a story lasts, you know, however many hours it lasts, then when the story's over, it's pretty much sold out. Um, so pretty much I'll do the stories, um, pictures of everything that's going to be available 24 hours before the sale goes live. Okay. And then the sale will go live, let's say, at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then, um, thankfully, the last couple of sales have been sold out within about four minutes. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> four minutes. Oh yeah, God. it is intense. I'm, like, on my computer, like, watching for it. I had things just disappearing from my cart, and I was like, no. But that's part of the magic is that it is so special, and it is handcrafted, and you're making them out of your garage, which I just think is so amazing to be able to make such beautiful pieces in such a humble place. Um, yeah, it's it's just incredible. And so with that in mind, where do you draw your inspiration from, and what's a day in the life of a potter like? Well, um, with my last job in the apparel industry, I did a lot of um, trend research and, you know, just looking to future seasons and trying to get ideas. Um, So I brought a lot of that skill to my business and I'm just, I'm always researching, um, you know, current and future trends, looking at color palettes. But at the same time, um, I draw a lot of inspiration just from nature and, you know, the pine tree mug that I have is one of my most classic styles and it's pretty representative of the Pacific Northwest. Um, and then, like you said, um, for the hope mug that you have, okay. just, I always try to come up with things that are going to be meaningful to people. So when they do grab the mug in the morning, it kind of starts their day in the right way or reminds them of something or, you know, brings a smile to their face. 
Yeah, I have like a little collection going of ceramic mugs in addition to plants, you know, because mm-hmm. I collect those too, apparently. But I pick my mug based on my mood. It's it's so funny how each different design will make you feel a different way when you look at it and interact with it. And it's such a practical item that mm-hmm. we have in our homes every day. To make it beautiful just makes you feel special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so to talk, we were talking about how you do small batches and how you do research trends and everything. Um, so it seems like the ceramics are really having a moment right now. They're really big. They're obviously, you know, flying off the shelves. Um, what would you say that, you know, what's your perspective on, on people's obsession with ceramics or, you know, just what do you, why do you think that is? Um, yeah, it definitely is an obsession and does really have a cult like following. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm the same. I collect from a lot of different ceramic artists and mm-hmm. I have a collection you know, in my cupboard that I choose from every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's just because it's such a functional piece of art that you can use every day. Um, Yeah, people just love it. You know, you know, it's handmade and there's so many different styles from each artist. So there's, you know, there's like the earthy type of ceramic with the darker colors and more like the traditional style or there's very graphic driven ceramics that are really popular right now. So I think you can find a lot of artists and just collect each style which makes it really fun mm-hmm. yeah i found chelsea pottery thanks to a post that you made oh yes and she is phenomenal i have this tetons mug from her and yeah each one has its own personality mm-hmm. the, you know they use glaze differently and they have underglaze that are you know, either vivid or you know calming and it can be so diverse and i think people's connection to things that are touched by a human anymore Mm -hmm. instead of just something that's made by a machine. There's this draw to become more interpersonal, especially as we go more digital. Um, So because the demand has exploded so much and you have um, a couple of ceramic artists that you might recommend if people can't get access to your work right now, who would you recommend that they follow um, that would be interesting to collect in addition to yours? Um, Chelsea Pottery yeah. that you just mentioned. She's one of my favorites, um, and I would consider her a friend on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, Kat and Roger are really talented, um, harder to get than my work. Callahan Ceramics are also one of my favorites, mm-hmm. but also harder to get than mine. <laughs> um, Heo Ceramics, based out of L.A., H-E-O. She's really great and creative. Um, there's a new one that I'm trying to collect from Courage Goods. I haven't gotten her work yet, but it looks really intriguing. So that's someone everyone could check out. So you're not only on the maker side, but you're also on the waiting on the internet, pushing refresh a thousand times. (laughs) And I'm very bad at it. So (laughs) my husband is really good and fast at those types of sales. So we're usually on our phones together. We know what we're going to get. And then he gets it and I don't. But oh at least we're there together and one of us got it. So that's actually, I'm going to have my husband get I on this with me next time. Yeah. yeah. It's better to have two. Yeah. He's very precise. I missed out on the last sale with Chelsea because my son was so sad, had a really hard day, and he wanted some food. Was it from, not the mustard seed, but uh, Noodle Express? Mm-hmm. And so I was sitting in the Noodle Express parking lot. Wi-Fi was not good enough, you guys. It's very sad. So make sure you are in the best Wi-Fi area before you start. Maybe get like an Airbnb and like away from your children so then they can't knock on your door. I could schedule like a mom retreat to be able to get the other. This is so... The things we'll do to get you. Oh, gosh, that's so funny. So we were talking earlier, too, about your... um, 
brand name, which is 2232 Pottery, where was the inspiration that came from that particular name? That name comes from the temperature that I fire the pottery to. So 2,232 degrees is what the kiln reaches um, in the final glaze firing. Just like a nice day at the beach, right? Mm. Just toasty. Yeah. Makes, <laughs> makes my garage very toasty, oh, which is great that. in the winter and not so great in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Do you tend to do less pottery in the summer then? or No, I just yeah. really fire like early in the morning when it's oh, cooler yeah. or I just try to schedule it on cooler days. That's a smart way to do that. That's yeah. a really great way to do that. Definitely yeah. can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I was going to yeah. say, it's summer now. Don't tell her. Like, don't do that. Don't make it harder to get, right? Yeah, don't Gosh. make it harder. <laughs> well, yeah, I remember reading that about how it was the degrees. Is um, is that traditional for all kilns or is that is that special to how you make your designs? Um, it's pretty like a standard temperature to fire to. It's considered cone six, which is like a pottery term in as far as temperatures go. Um, some people fire to cone 10, um, which is hotter, or you can fire cooler. So it really just depends on the clay you're using and the glaze and the effects that you're trying to achieve. Interesting. What what does it mean if you go a little hotter? Will it be like a brighter? Um, just some clays are not meant to go that hot. So you wouldn't want to take oh. the clay up to that temperature. It could melt yeah. or oh. your glaze might bubble or your glaze oh. might craze or do funny things that it's not supposed to. So it really just depends on the materials that you're using. Interesting. That's so cool. So the materials you use are also, I noticed dishwasher safe and everything. So yep. dishwasher yeah. safe, microwave safe, um, and lead free, of course, mm-hmm. food safe. So that's so neat so important and i know there is so much nuance that goes into this because i have tried purchasing ceramic pieces from different you know people on etsy and you get something that maybe looks like a middle school project (laughs) (laughs) all the way up to these beautiful pieces that you know experts in ceramics make like you do um looking forward to trends that are happening in ceramics right now what are some graphic design ideas that you're playing with for your next group of ceramics um well I'm always playing with bright colors. That's like my thing is just trying to incorporate as many bright colors as I can in happy graphics. Um, I just finished a mug today that says relax on it. (laughs) It's something I've just been trying to tell myself um, since the new baby came and just, you know, relax and it's okay to not work as much as I'm used to or want to and, and just take the time for myself right now. So just like some motivating um, terms on mugs, some words. Mm. Yeah. And is it Gemma or Gemma? Gemma. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I remembered that right. When you have a little baby come into your life, it can really rock your world and change the way that you work. How has Gemma's arrival changed the way that you're taking care of yourself and, you know, giving priority to your business a little bit as well? Um, well, I would say when I was pregnant, I thought you know, babies sleep so much, I'm going to be able to still work so much. (laughs) And that's just not reality between feeding her and changing her and just hanging out with her. And I really want to enjoy the time with her, Um, you know, and not just work the time away and not remember her infant phase. So it's been a struggle trying to balance um, the pressure of social media and trying to keep up with that, you know, not wanting to lose a following and keeping people engaged, but also not putting pressure on myself to work all the time. So it's a balancing act that I'm still trying to figure out. 
Yeah. I think it's one that we're all trying to figure out because, yeah, man, regardless I thought, of age of kids. Oh, yeah. I thought when my kids became teenagers, it would just be throw a cheeseburger in the back of the car and do your thing, you know, but <laughs> it's all the emotional things at this age that are so big and transformative yeah. and wanting to be there for our kids and wanting to be there for our our fur babies as well is yeah. super important. Yeah. Well, yeah. because when you had your first daughter, um, she was around one when you started your business, right? So you were working and running your side business when you had her. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. she would come to work with me at my previous job. She would oh. hang out in the office with oh. me. And and then we that didn't last for too long because she just <laughs> needed too much attention. So we actually have a really great situation with some friends where we do a nanny share. Oh, nice. oh, brilliant. So, yeah. So she gets to play with her friends. Um, during the week for a couple hours each morning. So that gives me a lot of time um, to get work done or to be with a new baby too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, with that all said, what is next for 2232? Uh, really next is just trying to get back into the swing of working mm-hmm. and seeing how that looks with um, the new baby at home and just trying to get back into production. Um, you know, right now things are very slow, but I do want to ramp it up soon and I do hope to do a few local markets um, yeah. this summer, you know, one at least. <laughs> so so would that be a farmer's market or would that be like a one-off kind of thing? Because I just like, did that, yeah, two years ago now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Terrain Bazaar is what yeah. I have in mind. So and that's in August. So that gives me some time um, to build up inventory for that. And then hopefully, you know, a few online sales before then. Well, if you see me camping out at Bazaar, stay out of my way because I will be going for that booth first. <laughs> we are so grateful that you took the time to talk to us today and spend time away from your sweet babes. But we are definitely going to be camping out online for your next sale. And we'll just continue to follow you for inspiration online. It has been so fun to see all of the cool and creative ideas that you bring to the digital space and to our lives every day. Yeah. And people do want to follow you. What is your Instagram handle so they can? Yeah, it's just 2232ceramics. um, And then my website as well is just 2232ceramics.com. Perfect. Not that we need competition. Maybe we should cut that. No, yeah, I'm just don't, kidding. <laughs> don't go there and get her ceramics, okay? Just me. <laughs> Absolutely go. <laughs> and for more great conversation about local art, local businesses, and more, join us on our Facebook group, Trending Spokane.